welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week, I'm chatting with horror writer and podcaster Arthur DeHart. During our conversation, I spoke with Arthur about his love of campy horror movies, which as if you know me, you know, is not my forte, so I learned a lot. Uh, We also spoke about trans representation in horror right now and growing up with a healthy fear of the woods in the Appalachian region. We also discuss his podcasts, Deadwood Press Radio and Hiker Gothic. He loves werewolf movies and you'll want to listen to find out what kind of horror movie he would love to write. As always, Please take a second to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening on, and let's get into my conversation with Arthur DeHart. Hey, Arthur, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Arthur DeHart, and I am a writer um i an audio drama producer i do shows like dreadwood Press radio and hiker gothic and i also write horror novels like the secrets of maggie valley ranch and my newest one coming out is called the delivery boy awesome we'll talk about those a little bit later but first things first what's your favorite scary movie ginger snaps how come I really like, like, I know as a trans man, I watched it as like a young girl growing up. And I really like how the, it's just such a girl power movie to me. And it's like a, a safe movie. I like that it like deals with periods and werewolves. And I like the cheesiness behind all the werewolf effects. And I'm a really big werewolf fan whenever it comes to horror movies. Awesome. That one has been on my watch list for like years. I still have to watch it. Maybe this Halloween I'll I'll finally get to it. Oh, you've got to. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it very gory? It's gory in the way that like 90s horror movies are gory. Mm-hmm. In like they have a lot of the like sort of it's weird it's there is a lot of body horror and body gore as like ginger starts turning into the werewolf so okay. that's pretty cool All yeah right. cool so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre i had a friend growing up named morgan and her and i were like just goth as fuck whenever we were <laughs> in middle and high school and it was like she was kind of introduced me to the world of horror movies and that genre and she actually directs them in like a B movie since now. But it was a lot of like we there's a used bookstore by where we lived called McKay's and they had a huge horror DVD section for like a dollar a piece. And so we would go every weekend and like spend our allowance on as many horror movies as possible and mm-hmm. like watch them all weekend and have photo shoots and graveyards and that kind of thing. So it's kind of always been something that I really love. <laughs> oh, awesome. McKay's, is that in Tennessee? Yes, I'm from Knoxville. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who lives sort of outside Knoxville now. So oh, she nice. talks about McKay's. <laughs> so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? I, I don't know, because like, I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> so like in the sense of like... I'm not really sure how to answer that question. I think people like to be uncomfortable. 
And I'm someone that likes to be uncomfortable. It makes me weirdly happy to be uncomfortable. And it's why I do a lot of the things that I do. And so I feel like that's why people like the horror genre. So what scares you in horror movies today and in real life? Oh, man. One of the scariest horror movies I've seen is um, it was the one that was recorded with a, like the whole thing was recorded with an iPhone and it was about a stalker. And I forget the name of it, but just like real people scare me in horror movies because, you know, I can watch like all the paranormal stuff, all the whatever, but it's like whenever you get real people like stalking movies, because that scares me in real life. I'm someone that has been stalked before and it's not fun. Don't recommend it. <laughs> but also I have schizophrenia. And so I tried to go watch the new, like is Bo is afraid. Yeah, that movie I had to leave the theater early because it, you know, depicts mental illness and a person, you know, with schizophrenia and you don't, and I actually had to leave the theater early because I was like, no, this is too much like my real life right now. So I, that one was pretty hard for me. But so I guess in conclusion, real people stalking and also whenever they play on real mental illnesses, terrifying. (laughs) oh yeah I that's so interesting that you say that about Bo is Afraid because I spoke to somebody else a couple days ago who also said that that movie was terrifying to them it's so it's weird that people are like split on that movie they either just find it very anxiety inducing or like terrifying and then I also I ask everyone who brings up mental health about this movie but have you seen the movie Fear of Rain I haven't it's about a girl named Rain who has I think she has schizophrenia. I'm pretty sure it's schizophrenia. And she thinks she sees her neighbor killing someone next door, but she has hallucinations. So nobody believes her that it's real. So she has to try to find a way to like find, like find out what's going on or get people to believe her. It's really interesting. Sounds really cool. I'll have to check that one out. (laughs) I think it's on Hulu right now. So, so what's your favorite subgenre in horror? Camp. Anything (laughs) camp, honestly. I'm a big fan of how horror is going more into a camp direction in modern. And it's like giving a lot of throwbacks to the old campy stuff. Like just really anything camp in horror is my favorite. Like I think... I don't under the one where I don't remember like any of the names where it's like a Frankenstein's prostitute. I think it's called like Frankenhooker. Yeah. Yeah. So like stuff in like the vein of just ridiculous is kind of my favorite. Like John dies at the end of camp, that kind of thing. (laughs) Nice. Nice. We, I will be honest, we are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, but I respect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, i have some friends that love like cheesy cheese super cheesy campy movies i have a friend who used to like text me a photo of like whatever terrible horror movie in quotes that mm-hmm. he was watching that day because he knew that it would just make me roll my eyes so <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> do you have any favorite horror directors honestly no because i i'm not a very director driven person uh whenever it comes to movies all that much I'm very just like I'm more aesthetic driven and I know a lot of directors do different things I don't really have a favorite I just kind of watch whatever if that makes sense nice what's your favorite like horror aesthetic in a movie I like folk horror a lot nice 
So stuff like, you know, of course, Midsummer, but also The Ritual and like anything weird, folky. I'm from the Appalachian Mountains. I'm from Tennessee. So it's like, you know, I'm already afraid of that stuff because you grow up afraid of that stuff. <laughs> so I think it's really cool to see that kind of stuff in horror movies. <laughs> That's cool. Did you watch the first season and now I guess the second season of Yellow Jackets? No, but it's been recommended to me by everyone in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you'd enjoy it. Have you ever been to anything that's like supposedly haunted in Tennessee? Because I know you guys have like the Bell Witch and all that. Yeah, I have been. And actually, I have some stories about where I lived because I didn't live in Knoxville proper. I lived out in and it's like population 200. There's a dollar oh store and a gas station. They don't have Wi-Fi down there. It has to be satellite. Like, I did not grow up with Wi-Fi, so I lived down there with my, like, my family owns land down there because, you know, the plant, the nuclear plant is down there as well. So it's like the things that I've seen in the woods just behind my house has, like, given me a very healthy fear (laughs) of the woods out there um there's been like incidents where i've been in my it was a trailer middle of nowhere and it's like someone was knocking on my window saying my name and no one was there my husband and i live in a van and we were camping outside of my grandmother's house in the van one night and there was like my cat lives with us she woke me up because there was a strange howling noise And I went outside to go check on it, and it was some deered creature that was walking towards me in, like, the weirdest way. And I was like, you know, that's enough. I'm going back to bed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would scare the shit out of me. So you write horror audio dramas called Hiker Gothic and Redwood Press Radio. So can you tell me a little bit about Hiker Gothic and Redwood Press Radio? Yes, of course. So Hiker Gothic is a found footage podcast about a woman hiking the Appalachian Trail in memory of her dead boyfriend. So I wanted to incorporate a lot of the folklore of Appalachia. So the Moon-Eyed people, the things we can't talk about, which are skinwalkers, and a lot of that sort of elements in it. And there's a lot of chasing, screaming, that sort of thing. There are a lot of nods to like the Bell Witch and different things. And then Dreadwood Press Radio is basically about a small mountain town that's crime-ridden, completely cut off from the rest of the world. There's a lot of old gods that are at play up there. And also, it's the first season is an anthology. So basically, a criminal comes onto the radio show and tells their perfect crime, and then they get killed at the end of the episode by the next radio show host. And there's also like an overarching story of like a gothic cowboy and a strange pawn shop and a lot of just strange happenings around the town. Oh, that sounds so interesting and intense. What do you have plans for for the next season? Is it going to be more serial killers telling their story every night or something different? It's a little different. It's more about it's more about like the main characters that the serial killers are talking about in the first season. And so you have more of like the dramas where you have the different voice actors. So it's more about the man who owns the pawn shop and the cowboy and the different people that scare the criminals so much that they are talking about them on a a radio show. Oh, very cool. And then what inspired you to uh, write Dreadwood Press Radio? 
I would say the small town that I grew up in a lot. It's very small and scary. And especially because we're like on the edge of a large nuclear plant and like top secret science stuff. And very like, I grew up in a fun place. Tennessee is <laughs> Very, fun. very stranger things. It sounds like. Yeah, actually the town that I live outside of Oak Ridge, Tennessee is what inspired stranger things. Oh, no way. Oh, that's yeah. So, and it's very realistic in that way, but so it's very, very that inspired it, but also there are queer characters in the podcast. And as a queer person, I don't hear a lot of people with my accent that are also like queer and represented in like any media, like horror or anything. So I wanted there to be some of that so that people from that area that are also queer and like audio dramas can have some representation. Oh, that's really lovely. Has anyone reached out to you since you started doing it and said, like, thank you for doing this and I relate to it so much? Yeah, I've gotten a couple of DMs from some people like that are like, oh my gosh, like you're a trans writer. I want to be a trans writer. And a lot of my community in the Knoxville, East Tennessee region have been like very receptive to it as well. So it's been really nice. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that you have a few horror novels coming out. Um, what are they called and where can people find them? So I have one out right now. It's called The Secrets of Maggie Valley Ranch. And it's basically about, it takes place in Arizona. And it's about a 19-year-old a kid who got a job on Craigslist to go be a ranch hand. And then he ends up being a part of a cryptology team that is researching Maggie Valley Ranch, which is, it's all loosely based off of Skinwalker Ranch, because I kind of have a special interest with that whole thing. Can you tell um, me a little bit about what Skinwalker Ranch is? Because I'm i not really sure I know what, it, what that is. I've heard of it, but that's about it no for sure like as skinwalker ranch is a ranch i think it's actually in utah i want to say and so it's a ranch where they see basically aliens there are um large wolves that uh, try to attack people and animals there's like it's uh, one of the major sightings of like you know cows getting abducted and then finding them with the in incisored eyes and everything it used to belong to a family with two different families but they ended up selling it to a guy that like a real estate agent who now has a reality show where they actually go into the ranch and try to prove everything with scientists so i'm really into that show it's called this the secrets of skinwalker ranch but that's basically what it is <laughs> oh wow I'll have to mm -hmm. Google that. So are you a fan of cryptids? Very big fan, yes. You should check out the podcast, and that's why we drink, because they do two stories every week, and one story often has to do with cryptids. Heck yeah, I'll have to check them out. I've also been recommended them a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and they love their cryptids as well. Very so. nice. I'll have to check yeah. those out. <laughs> yeah. So going back to horror movies that are concerned with mental health. Do you think there are any horror movies that depict mental health in an accurate way? I feel like there's so many from like back in the day. Honestly, I feel like, so I'm currently in Maine right now. I feel, and like, I feel like it's blasphemous for me to be saying this in this Maine library, but I feel like a lot of how Stephen King tries to depict 
all of his mentally ill characters is a little I'm not that big of a fan of okay because it's a little too like him trying to be on the nose me and my husband aren't really big fans of Stephen King I like sort of am but like we also we also went to his house and like took a selfie with it and like would love to meet him so like you know I say that but also (laughs) I'd love to meet the guy (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) but I feel like Stephen King never just most of his stuff I feel like never got a grip on on mental health in a positive sense I guess so do you think there are any movies that depict mental health in an accurate way honestly Bo is Afraid depicts it in a great way to the point that I had to leave the theater (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that one was really cool I feel like that one would be the one that depicted it really well okay cool I don't know if I will ever rewatch it again I saw it in theaters and I was like that was so long but It was so very long. At the beginning of our conversation, and also during it, you mentioned that you're a trans. Have you seen any horror movies that capture your experience as a trans man, or are you still waiting for that movie to come out? I'm still waiting for that movie to come out, honestly. I've not I've not really seen anything that depicts that just depicts it well or that depicts it at all. I'm honestly wanting like some kind of trans man slasher movie though in the future because I feel like that would just work really well (laughs) but it's also why I write the things I do and I have a lot of like the trans and queer characters in the stuff that I write because it's like there's a saying that if you know if you want to read or watch something then make it yourself yeah so that's kind of what I'm doing right now That's cool. Mm -hmm. So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans are handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I mean, look at all of the horror movies that depict, you know, being trapped in cabins and like being trapped. I feel like once you watch a lot of horror, you get desensitized to a lot of the horrors of real life. And I mean, 2020, there was like a TikTok that was doing a replay of like the news in 2020 and, you know, living through 2020. What a horror movie that was of just, like, I still think about it sometimes. Like, I'm still like, oh my God, they had morgues in the streets. And like, you know, like it's, it's just, it's scary. And I feel like horror fans have such a better grasp on how to handle scary, you know? Yeah, that's a really great answer. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Yes, The Unsane. I could not handle that movie. I probably will never watch that one again. That's not saying it was bad. I thought it was really good. It was just a little too scary for me. Yeah, that one was intense and very frightening if someone wanted to throw you in a mental institution for bad reasons. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Seeing The Silent Place? I've never that was heard really, of that. Is that what it is? Like, I think, oh my gosh, now I'm having to Google. It's that John, let's see. I could be totally wrong. No, 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 A Quiet Place. Oh, so Quiet sorry. Place. <laughs> yeah, same. No, seeing that movie in theaters was so weird just because it is so quiet and so loud whenever it's supposed to be loud. Um, I know that's such a generic answer to that, but like, it was just really quiet in there, like to the point that you could hear people eating their popcorn and that just made the movie way more unsettling. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. That was a very fun experience. What has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2023? 
Oh, man. It's an older movie, but I finally, my husband has been reading one of the John Dyke at the End books, and seeing that it is honestly probably my favorite horror movie that I've seen this year. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Does your husband like horror movies? Yes, he's he's a huge fan of horror movies. He's got, he, it's funny, he doesn't really like Stephen King that much, but he does have like a Stephen King-esque tattoo, and we're both very big horror fans. Awesome. What horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2023? Oh man, that's a really hard one. I also, that, but also I think I want to see, I want to see Evil Dead Rise. I'm a really big fan of the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, cool. And also there's something wrong with the children are like two of my big want to see this year. Awesome. Yeah, they were, they were both really good. So I hope you get to see them. Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? I feel like as an enjoyer of camp, so many. Honestly, I really like the, I really like Repo, the genetic opera. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of horror fans aren't as big of a fan of the musical theater horror. So I really like that one. And another horror movie that a lot of people don't like because it's also a musical and it's ridiculous and camp is uh, probably Stage Fright. I think I saw Stage Fright in the last year and it was it was ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. So <laughs> if you like musical theater horror, check out on Spotify the cast recording for Silence, the musical. Ooh. It's a musical parody of Silence of the Lambs. It's really funny. That's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's so good. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? My goodness. I don't know because I'm so not a fan of remakes. I'm definitely that old classic horror fan. It's like every time I see a remake, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like what's, what's about to happen here? I would honestly want to remake. Oh my gosh, this is, this is so hard. I don't even know why. Probably Jennifer's Body just so I could give it the proper marketing that it needs. Like nice. change nothing, market it better. That's a great answer. It definitely needed to be marketed better. Mm -hmm. So my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh man. Oh my gosh. This is such a hard one. I would say Hannibal. How come? Because he would cook some great meals. <laughs> <laughs> but they would be made with people. I mean, I if he did not tell me they were made with people <laughs> and I didn't know that he was a cannibal, I think it would be okay. Is is that a terrible answer? <laughs> no, I mean, it's the apocalypse, so, you know, we didn't we had no idea what was coming or anything. So, we'll forget. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find Hiker Gothic and Deadwood Press Radio and yourself? on the internet yes so you can find hiker gothic and dreadwood press radio on anywhere you enjoy your podcast so spotify apple podcasts Podchaser. there's a lot of cool places to listen to podcasts these days <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at a-r-t-j-u-l-d-heart and that's we're at art-j-u-l-d-heart over on twitter Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and enjoy the rest of your time in Maine. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Arthur DeHart and thanks again to Arthur for coming on. I'll leave links to his socials and his website in the show notes. If you have any recommendations for horror movies, by the way, that portray mental health problems in a positive way, let me know on Twitter or Instagram at Who's There PC. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at who's there pc at gmail.com 
We'll be back next week with an episode with UK filmmaker Ian Austin. And until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.